67. A very hard speech. If you go online and listen to it in its entirety, it's about 13 minutes long. He gets down to some pretty serious business about stuff. And folks, I'm going to tell you, yes, he was. However, we have today an obligation, and we have something that we need to do. Yesterday, we had hot dogs. We cooked out. We did whatever. We went and seen fireworks. We did fireworks. We did all these patriotic things to show our love to America. I'm wearing a tie today because it shows my love to America. Yes, I do love America, but I do know that America is not my home. If I go out of here today before I get done preaching, then I'll know that I was just traveling through. This was a place that I had to come. I had a mission to accomplish. I had something to do for Jesus because I'm just passing through. We have to understand that. we got to know that. And that way, when we come up against obstacles, then we know what we're doing. We're passing through. We're here to fight the war. The war against sin. I'm going to make a quote to you this morning from Spurgeon. Many are troubled because the gospel interferes with their sin. We don't go to the churches. We don't want to hear the preachers. We don't want to pick up the Bible and read it because the gospel interferes with our sin. That is a true statement. The Word of God. 239 years ago, America became a nation. The birthday was yesterday. On June the 28th, all these representatives from the 13 colonies showed up to decide whether or not they were going to step away from the king and declare their independence. Nine of the states did, three of them didn't. Pennsylvania, South Carolina, and New York. So they tabled it. They put it on the table and said, we're going to come back to it in a few days. When they came back on July the 2nd, 1776, everybody was on board except New York. And the only reason the New York delegates hadn't voted is they didn't have all the word in from all their people from around. So the delegates said, we're going to give exactly what the people want. That's what our vote is going to be. So, with that being said, on July the 2nd was whenever Congress had voted that we would be a free nation. John Adams wrote home to his wife, Abigail. Is there any kin to, any kin to you, Jason? Your relation? He's asleep. But. John Adams wrote to Abigail that July the 2nd would be a Famous day throughout the history of the United States of America. He was close. The July the 4th was because that's the day that everything was written up and everybody went and they made their signatures to send off to the King of England to say, we are going to be independent people. We're tired of your tyranny. We're tired of everything that you're trying to run us over with. We're going to be our own nation. And they had been fighting for just over a year anyway. And folks, not everybody that was in this nation and on that soil at that time was sold out to that. Now there were a good many that was. There was a, probably a majority that was. And many of them picked up arms and lost their lives over freedom. But there was a good many that didn't know which way to go. They, they wanted to ride the fence. 
Some of them lost their lives because they rode the fence. But that's no place for you and me to be. That's to set us up for this. When they made their declaration, they had to make that statement. They had to say, this is where we're going to go. They had to pay a price, and the price was dear. Homes were lost. Farms were lost. Lives were lost for freedom. People gave up tremendous wealth for freedom, to support the cause, to do what had to be done. But yet, they reaped a reward. And the reward was our nation that we have called the United States of America. That we are free people. We're free to do what we want. You're free to not come to church. You're free to come to church. You're free to get a job. You're free not to get a job. You're free to salute the flag and you're free not to salute the flag. That is what the freedoms of this nation are. We're also free to worship. To worship our God. And most of you sitting in here today are followers of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Can you think back to the day that you made your declaration of independence? Your declaration of independence from the place of sin and tyranny from the devil. Do you remember that day? I remember my day. I'm not going to share it with you again. Y'all have heard it over and over again. Y'all can tell it better than I can. Because it's been a pillar for me. I go back to it quite often. But in Galatians 2 and 20 it says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Whenever I signed on with Jesus, whenever you signed on with Jesus, you made a declaration of independence away from this world and away from sin and the power of the devil. We declared we're going to go to war against you is actually what we did. We were born into this life, right? And there's nothing but sin here. We were born sinful. If it wasn't for Jesus, none of our, our best acts couldn't be put together to make anything good. It only comes by the blood of Jesus. Can I get an amen on that one, please? It's only by Jesus. Not by men. It's not by might. It's not by any. It's by Jesus. It's by the blood of Jesus. Do you remember the day that you made your bold declaration of independence? Stand on that. Go back to that and draw energy. Grow back to that and, 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 and get the place that you need to go. Get to be lifted up to say, I remember where I was, but I know where I'm at now. We have to stand on that. You see, it's one thing to make this bold statement inside of a church building. It's a whole other thing to live it. A whole other thing to live it. It's one thing to quote Scripture. It's a whole other thing to live it. It's one thing to tell people that you need to pay tithes. It's another thing to try to live it. It's one thing to tell people that you need to forgive your neighbor. No matter what, it's another thing to live it. It's easy to stand up and shout about these truths that we hear. It's another thing to live it. And our forefathers, whenever they said we're going to be dependent, they knew that the war was coming, the fight was on. And they lived it. 
And you and me as believers in Jesus Christ, we have to continue to live it no matter what is going on. There's so much in the news that can get us sidetracked. And I'm not saying this to belittle it, but I'm going to tell you what, it's not getting more of my time than what God gets. Because there's a lot of things been going on in this world since Jesus Christ went back to heaven that has been enough to tear people down. It's been enough to get people wondering and it's been enough to get people to the place that they focus on these kinds of things rather than upon Jesus. It's bad the decision that was made a week ago. It's another bad decision that was made 40 some years ago to be able to kill babies. But somehow or another we got over it and we get ahead and went ahead. We've still been winning souls. Had somebody stopped back then, I wouldn't be saved because Jesus would have had nobody to move through. And I dare say many of you wouldn't. Some of y'all were saved before then. But you'd be sitting here and a whole lot fewer than you're sitting with today. Because somebody said, we've got to keep on keeping on. We've got to keep on worshiping God. The words are the easy part. The actions are a whole lot tougher. Our daily lives, folks, are a battlefield. And it's a very real war that we're in. There's an enemy called Satan who hates us. He doesn't like it when anybody opposes him. He doesn't like it when we challenge him or defy him. He cannot stand it. He will come against us every time. He attacks us, he pursues us, he tempts us, and he does everything that he can. And I I must say, he makes it look quite well, and he succeeds a great deal in making sin look good and appealing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I, I get that. He makes it look good. He makes it look real good. He gives us our own little cheerleaders to help us go along with it. But this war that we're fighting is a tough war. Sometimes we can say that it's hard to win, and yes, it is hard to win. It's not impossible. But do I can I get a witness that anybody knows what I'm talking about? It's a hard war. This old flesh is tough. Alright? You don't see me laying in the bars on Saturday night, but I can tell you what, sometimes I get some feelings in my heart toward people that don't need to be there. Oh, you're the preacher. Well, guess what? I'm a man. I got saved just like you did. And these times I got to get on my face before God. I have to get on my face and cry out to God and say, God, this does not belong inside of me. I need it to go. Why? Because the enemy is playing on me. It's the war that's going on inside of us. It's the war that's going on in this life. And if you got a better idea and a better answer than what I've got, then I'm willing to hear it because I'm getting tired of the hard. How about you? I'm getting tired of the hard. I'm getting tired of how it's easy to get built, beat down and stuck down and then it's hard to get back up. Because this war we're fighting is against a real enemy who has real power and without the power of Jesus... He will overcome us. He's been overcoming people for centuries. It started in the Garden of Eden. You don't think He has power. I don't like to give Him a lot of credit, but also I can't lie about Him. 
Because he's an enemy that will sneak up on you. He knows the battle plan of God. He's got the Bible too. And he knows the battle plan that we're facing. Brother Ben, he knows whenever me and you're having our conversation sometimes. And I give you scriptures to read. He knows the battle plan. He knows how to get inside of your mind and tell you something totally different and try to steer you somewhere else. Brother Ken, he does the same thing with you when me and you talk. Brother Willie, when me and you talk, the same thing. That's his tactics. That's what he does. He fights dirty. He fights mean. And if we don't stay close to Jesus, if we don't have worship in our hearts, if we don't have the Word of God in our hearts, if we don't have the Holy Ghost in our hearts to lift us up and to teach us all these things, the enemy will tear us down. How many of you have seen it happen with close relatives? Maybe in your own house. You know what I'm talking about. It'll take you to a bad place. It's a hard war. But so many... So many have claimed Jesus as the Lord, but they don't live up to it in their daily lives. They're still loyal to the enemy. They're still loyal to sin and to the devil. Those people back 239 years ago didn't have that. They had to be sold out to the cause. And you've got to ask yourself, am I sold out to the cause of Jesus? Too many still serve Him. Too many still worship Him. Oh, what do you mean they worship Him? They go about doing His business. That's worshiping Him. You want to worship God? Go about doing His business. That gives Him worship. Amen? That lets everybody know that God is something, that we stand up for Him. That is worshiping God. We're here to worship God today. And by being here, that's a form of worship. You've said to the world, you've said to your family members, I'm going to church. I don't know what you're doing. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to church. And by showing up, there's a part of it that that is actually is worship. You're letting God know where you stand. You're coming to get fed. You're coming to get lifted up. You're coming to learn. Sometimes that's tearing down too. Amen? Sin's there. It's got to be torn down, right? When you break chains, that's the destructive thing, right? Anybody carrying any chains today? Many are uninvolved. They're indifferent. They want the benefits, but they don't want to join in the war effort. They simply watch and critique from the sidelines. Second Chronicles 7, 14, I read it to you last week. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. There are conditions and promises in that scripture right there. God has conditions, brothers and sisters. Don't ever think he don't. God is love. Oh, yes, he is, and thank God he is. I looked in the mirror this morning, and I realized right then I needed some God love. But he has conditions. If my people who are called by my name will do what? Humble themselves. Well, what is humbling ourselves? 
serving our brothers and sisters. That's humbling. Letting go of self is humbling. Letting go of pride is humbling. That's the first condition. We've got to humble ourselves. If you've ever been humiliated, the reason you've been humiliated is you haven't gotten humble enough. It's impossible to offend a dead man. And pray. Only you know what kind of prayer life you have. We've set it into this church. We've integrated it into a part of our church. Sunday night, tonight, we're going to pray. I don't see anything in this scripture here that talks about preaching. I don't see anything in this scripture that talks about making spaghetti on Wednesday nights. All these things are good. We need them. But we're to humble ourselves and we're to pray. That's one of the conditions. And we're going to pray. I'm going to be here tonight at 6 o'clock. Who's going to join me? And I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for this nation. I'm going to pray for our leaders. And I'm going to pray for those who have decided to walk on the path of sin. And I'm going to pray that the Lord Jesus will show His compassion and that He will show His mercy to them just like He did to me. I'm going to pray that His love can come inside of them and deliver them so that they too will have a testimony. That they can tell people the goodness and the greatness of God Almighty. That they can tell people that there is power in the name of Jesus. That there's power in the blood of Jesus. I'm going to pray for these people. And we've got to seek His face. How many of us want to see God today? how many of us want to see God today amen stand up for Jesus how many want to see Jesus how many want to see the Holy Spirit come into this place and come into our hearts and to work on us and to comfort us and to get everything that we need from Him how many of us want that If we seek His face, then we will see Him. If we don't seek, we won't. It ain't in the musical instruments. It ain't in the stuff up here. It's all about seeking God. It's what's right here inside of the heart. And I'm going to tell you, I don't care what America does. I don't care what they come up with. I'm going to seek the face of God. And I get to seek it in His Word. And I get to seek it whenever I'm in a Sunday school class and learning about Him. I want to seek His face. And that's what's one of the conditions. You've got to seek Him. You got up out of bed this morning and came here seeking God. Seeking a moment with God. Seeking something from God. But He has another one in there and it's called turn from our wicked ways. Now brothers and sisters, wicked ways is way more than Bob and Bill sleeping together and getting married. There's a whole lot of wickedness that's talked about in the Bible. A whole lot of wickedness that's talked about in the Bible. I touched on some of them last week in Romans chapter 1. And that's the very kind of stuff that we have to turn away from. Oh my goodness. God hates a proud look. He resists the proud. 
Oh, my. That's a wicked way. Now, I don't look the best in the world, but I take a little bit of pride. You know, I like to look a little bit okay, at least for sweetie. But that's a little bit of pride, too. You know what I'm talking about? It's okay. I can look good, and there's nothing that's what's in my heart, but what I'm talking about is we can get to a place of pride that that's what runs us and rules us. We get so much pride that we don't even know how to say I'm sorry. That's why husbands and wives glue smiles on when they come to church on Sunday morning, but they didn't have them when they got out of bed. And while they was getting ready, and they're saved not soon after they get out them doors out there and hop back in that car or that truck out there, those smiles will be gone again. They've got glued on for the church service. Now that's pride. That's pride. That's pride when brothers and sisters in Christ who used to be like this now ain't like this no more. Let me tell you something. That ought to be priority number one. I've got to win my brother back. Pride says, I don't want you to win me back. I don't want to hear from you. Now, I haven't touched on any of this other stuff we like to call the big major sins, have I? Oh, but this is big. God hates a proud look. Turn from our wicked ways. And then the promises God will hear, He will forgive our sins, and He will heal our land. The conditions have to be met before the promise comes through. We can pray all we want to pray, but we don't touch those other three areas, or we touch two of those four. And God says, wait a minute, I need some more. Because if I do anything less, then I bless you in the junk. And I'm not going to bless you in the junk. Because you don't, you don't, you don't reward bad behavior, friends. God's not going to do that. America's starting to do that now. That don't make it right. The laws of the land might say it's okay to do it, but it ain't yet said we got to do it. Probably 80 years ago, this nation was in uproar because of the legalization and prohibition days. Now, it was so bad, and it was so bad that maybe those people was right. I don't know. I don't have all the statistics in. Let me tell you something. Drunkenness is bad. Stay away from it. In fact, don't even go there at all. Because you know what the stuff is like, right? Because when you get 10 feet tall and bulletproof, you don't even care about God anymore. You can whip him. Isn't that the mindset? And the world was coming to an end, but yet every one of us go into restaurants and grocery stores now where they sell the stuff. If it's so bad and we don't like it so much, why do we even take our money there and support it? Somebody was either clapping or popped their gum or their head fell back on the wall. You see what I'm talking about? And 40-some years ago, 40, what was it, 42, 40, 42, 43 years ago, that they said it's okay to kill babies. And that's a bad business. How many of us have checked with our doctor and said, do you perform abortions? 
Oh, but I've got a deadly cancer and he's the best. He's the best. <laughs> you see what I'm talking about? How we take and put stuff and categorize? I don't know where that tangent came from. But if we do what God told us in 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, the conditions, then he does give us promises. We want healing in our land. We've got to do those things. We want to receive blessings from God. We've got to do those things. We want him to hear what we have to say in our prayers. We've got to meet those criteria. Jesus did that for us. But friends, because Jesus went to the cross and we said the sinner's prayer someday doesn't mean we get to go live how we want. Because he has to be Lord of our life. Jesus demands our total and radical allegiance. Just like our forefathers did in, in, back to 239 years ago. He requires that we have that in Luke 9 and 23. Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and die and daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life from me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose and forfeit the very soul? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be shamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father of the holy angels. In Luke 14 and 26, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father, mother, wife, children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Those are strict words, folks. God is love. Oh, we can live how we want. No, God says this. Jesus says, I need you to be radical for me. You've got to be sold out to Jesus. That's how we win this world. Ronald Reagan was talking about it. It's one person at a time. There's got to be somebody who's going to stand up. And then if enough people stand up, we have something in Luke 14 and 33 in the same way. Those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. These warnings are about those who merely make a declaration and who speak only words, but only make the claim. In Matthew 7 and 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and, dry, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoer. Titus 1 and 15 to the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and consciences are corrupted. They claim to know God, but by their actions, they deny me. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. That's the Word of God. Yes, God is love, friends. He gives us some pretty stiff words in there also, doesn't He? Amen, He does. What gets in the way of us fulfilling this declaration that we've made for Jesus? One word. Self. Self keeps us from fulfilling the declaration of independence that we made with Jesus. It's got to be my way, my opinion, my desires, my comfort, my convenience, my will, my way. 
It's my world and you're in it. And if you mess up my world, I'm sorry, but you have to go. That's the world that we live in today. My, 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 my. My, my. Picking up the cross meaning for me, I have to die to Ken every day. The fleshly man. The guy that wants to ball up with somebody. The guy that wants to not speak to you no more. That's the kin that I have to die to every day. That's a part of carrying my cross. Jesus cleansed me. I'm telling you, he did. But that old man, he tries to come out every now and again. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Am I the only guy having this problem? Oh, my. But we've got to know there's going to be a reward coming. In Matthew 25 and 23, his master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. You see, we've got to make the declaration that Jesus is my Lord, and many of us have done that. But we also have to pledge our allegiance to God Almighty. And that is the price that is paid, is to pledge our allegiance. With the things that's going on in this world, will we stand by Jesus if it costs us something material? Will we stand by Jesus if it costs us something in our lives? Will we stand by Jesus if it happens to cost us friendships? Will we stand by Jesus if it happens to cost me my children because they don't want to love me for that? That's what the Bible says. I can't say my mother and father, they're already gone on. But that goes into the question too. That fits into the equation too. And then we reap a great reward. That's what it was all about. But I want you to have hope this morning. I want to read a couple of scriptures for you. We're going to close. We think that everything is in a bad way, and it sure enough is. And now let me tell you something, it will get worse. We've got some souls to save, folks. That's a good thing. That's a positive thing. Do you still believe Jesus can save people? We're going to have Bible school here at the end of this month. We're going to have convention here in a couple of weeks. You want some church? Get up and come to church. It's going to be a tree of life. It's a trip to Lynchburg. Come to church. Come with the rest of the people in the state. Get fed. Be a part of what's going on. Because I'm going to tell you, we're going to need it. These days are getting perilous. Yeah, I know you get tired of hearing me. You bunch of us don't want to hear me every week, every night of the week. I'd do it if you'd come. You better know I would. We'd get a revival going on that would just be blow the minds of this world, but we'd spot so that Jesus can be glorified. Between me and Pastor Charlie and, and Ash, Pastor Ashley, I think we could get something going here if we just got on our face and we sought God. How hungry are you? That's the question. How hungry are you? How hungry are you? How hungry are you? Be encouraged, though. Be encouraged. Luke 17 and 26, Just as it was in the days of Noah, so also it will be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating and drinking and marrying and being given in marriage up to the day that Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. It was the same in the days of Lot. We know what that alludes to. People were eating and drinking and buying and selling and planting and building. They was living as if nothing was going on. We're planning for tomorrow. We're putting everything toward tomorrow. We're getting ahead. But the day that Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. And it would be like this on the day the Son of Man is revealed. 
In 21 and 25, Luke 21 and 25, there will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars, and on the earth the nations will be anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming to the world. Are we not there today? Are we not apprehensive? Oh my. Apprehensive of the world coming of the world. For the heavenly bodies will be shaken. And at that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Folks, we've been there for a long time and we're getting more and more things have been happening. Say, just hang in there. We've got to stay tight with Jesus. We've got to stay to where we're focused upon the Word of God and upon His work. His work. His work. Jesus went to the cross for what? For all of us. For souls. The only way that you and I could be bought back, the only way that you and I could be reconciled with God was through Christ. Had He not went to that cross, it wouldn't be happening. That's the only reason that Jesus went. And we have to be about His business. We have to be about His business. And if that means saying what might get called hate talk, it's not hate talk, it's warnings. I told you that last week. I want you to get that in your spirit. And people will tell you, oh, that's just hate talk. Well, who are you to judge? You get that all the time, right? No, it's a warning. Don't forget that. When you tell somebody about Jesus, when you tell somebody about the Word of God, it's a warning. It's warning. And that's our job is to warn, to warn this world and to tell them about Jesus so that they too can be saved. And if we believe in our hearts that the Word of God is powerful and quick and sharper than any two-edged sword, if we believe that, we don't have no problem telling people about Jesus. Not everybody's going to get it. Not everybody's going to receive truth. doesn't change the truth. But then we gave it. We did what the Holy Spirit led us to do. So if you stand to your feet this morning, if there's anybody in here this morning that has never received Jesus, you've never made your declaration of independence from the life that you live and received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you stepped out to this new nation. I want to invite you to come this morning. there's something you want to pray about and there's a lot to pray about I want to invite you to come back tonight at 6 o'clock who's going to be radical for Jesus and come back at 6 o'clock tonight yeah yes we can do that as we close there's so much to be praying for There's so much. So much going on in this nation. And I don't know about your house, but there's so much going on in our houses. Oh, the devil is just trying to do what he can do. My prayer is that I don't become one of his tools. Amen? I don't want to be his tool. I don't want to do his dirty work. Making it look like light. Making it look like something. And that's what the devil does. 
He'll take us somewhere where it looks like an angel of light. He looks like he comes after us. You know what? Sometimes he's a roaring lion, and sometimes he looks like an angel of light. And I don't want to be doing his bidding. I'd just soon crawl under a rock somewhere and not be around no more if I was going to do one iota for the devil. There's so much to pray for, and I want you to come and join me at this altar this morning to pray, if you would.